It's the Killer Bees here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. I am Joe George, filling in for Jeremy Branham. Coop's got another game today after a victory last night. So Jeremy's still not here. He'll be back on Monday. We've got BMAC behind the glass. We're here with you till 6 o'clock. We've got Beasy Money at 3.30. We're tracking those picks, and they're going really well for us this season. We have done uh, just a lot of good quality work. Agreed. What are you shaking your head at, Brian? You know exactly what I'm shaking my head at. Brian doesn't want to talk to me today. He probably was only going to address Joel. Uh, Brian and our fantasy football league accused me of, ha- of causing a toxic work environment. I was afraid of that, yes. Um, we'll do. Wow, uh, there's a lot of... Is AJ back to being program director? We'll do a, there's who, a lot of internal crime in the last 24 hours. We'll do a Who Said It? 430, so it'll be Joel and I versus BMAC. Joel, how do you feel about me being your teammate for Who Said It? Not good. That's I don't your feel answer. Good. I yeah. knew that was coming. I don't. I just, you know, it's like it's one thing when we've been on a roll. It's another thing that somehow, for like inexplainable reasons, Jeremy and actually and I have actually been like on the same page and cohesive and 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 working together. And then I got to go and take on the guy that I have been crushing and have him as a teammate. Yep. Like, if it was you and Jeremy, I would believe you guys would do really well because I've said that everybody knows you guys are joined at, I think, the hip somewhere in that region. And that if it was you two guys, you guys would be stellar. But, like, me and you? Eh. Fine. Fair enough. Now, but, you think Joe's going to sabotage you? Wouldn't well, be the first time I've suck. Wouldn't be the first time matter, I've done yeah. it. That's um, true. All right. So, oh, for all obviously, I've done for Joe, by the way. I, that's all I do is get the, 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 the bad side from Joe. It's, it's not fair. Of course, we will end the show today with everyone's favorite segment, Mean Who's Text. Uh, I only have like three or four. It's been a really nice week for us. There was nothing mean said about Joel when he was out on Wednesday. There's been nothing really mean said too much about Jeremy when he's been out. So we need more Mean Text. So send them in. Why at do you guys love that so much? Oh, it's funny. Seven eight zero three seven seven six. Like this is one of those where you never even consulted with me. You just decided we were going to start doing that. Yeah. And I was just like, okay. And then I realized how much you guys really like it. Here we fun. It's fun for you guys. I don't know why you think it's fun, but it's fun. I I would have been nice to have been brought into it. Sorry. But. Well, we're going to bring you into the Texans conversation because right. the Texans take on the Arizona Cardinals this weekend. Mm-hmm. Kyler Murray in his second game. We're definitely getting. Going to get into last night a little bit because I have a big beef with the NFL after Ooh, last night's game. Do. But Joe Burrow is now officially out for the season. Uh, so we'll get into that stuff throughout the show. But, of course, we'll start with the Houston Texans. They play the Arizona Cardinals this weekend. You know, it, I think before the season, like, my view of this game was really simple. When you looked at the schedule was you want to beat the Arizona Cardinals just to make your pick a little bit worse. Maybe it goes from the fifth pick to the eighth pick because you beat the Arizona Cardinals. Well, it's not like that anymore. Now you're talking about the playoffs with the Houston Texans. You're talking about a team that has way bigger plans and goals than just getting a win versus the Cardinals to make your pick worse for them since you betrayed all that capital in the Will Anderson deal. Mm -hmm. But when you look at the game this weekend, now that Kyler Murray's back, what is one of or some of your keys to victory? against the Arizona Cardinals this weekend? Well, I, I think it starts right there. I, I think that when, getting back to your first point, when we looked at the schedule at the start of the year, whether we thought it was, hey, make your pick a little bit worse and, and give you, you know, and get another win, it looked like a win. And it looked like, I thought Kyler Murray might not play the entire year because I thought that they were hell-bent and focused on getting the best pick possible for them. But now when you, you see the timeliness of all of it or the untimeliness of you, the Texans, 
Now suddenly you've got a guy that, whether you believe in him or not, and I have been very staunchly against what I think he is in terms of a franchise quarterback, and it's not just the work that he doesn't put in. It's the way that he undresses his teammates on the field with mm-hmm. dirty looks and talking and, and all the other crap that goes with it. But he's a dynamic football player. And so I think it starts with shutting him down. You you you, ha- you saw it last week. I mean, his first game back, and he's running 60-some yards to gain 21 yards and a first down when they needed it most and leading him in the final drive to get the field goal they needed to win the football game. And you say, okay, it starts right there. That's the head of the snake. If you can contain Kyler Murray, you can beat the Arizona Cardinals. And when you looked at the schedule at the start of the year, you didn't think you were going to have to beat Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals, and now you have to. Yeah, I think that is really what it's going to come down to this week. Look, they, they have some good pieces. You know, James Conner, they brought in Michael Carter. I don't think he's going to play this weekend for for them. You have Hollywood Brown. Like, like there's talent in a couple places. Now, arguably, they're the worst roster in the NFL. I've heard that pretty much all year you long. That? Yeah, I do. I you believe, do believe it's worse than Carolina? Yes, because I think there's more pieces on defense for Carolina than there is for all of the Cardinals roster. And, like, mm. they still have Bryce Young. So, like, even though he's not Kyler yeah. Murray, like, they still have a James enough. Connor's a good piece. Hollywood Brown's a good piece. Yeah. You know, they, they've got some pieces. But, like, it's very few. Very, very few. Well, he's out. He's they, out. But, I mean, he's out. But, but, but I mean, just like, on I like, the roster. I really, I really like Trey McBride. I liked him coming out yeah. of the draft last year. I think he's a good player. So, look, there, there's – but they're definitely towards the bottom of the barrel at a minimum. So, this weekend is definitely in one of those games that you should win. And – you know, I know the show before us loves to guarantee wins. I will join them today. I will guarantee a win this weekend. And I think I think the key for me is really simple: is let Kyler be Kyler and shut everyone else down. Focus on Hollywood Brown because I just don't believe that Kyler Murray, with his running ability, while he's good, he's not Justin Fields, Michael Vick, Cam Newton. I think he's he's more like why isn't he? He's more elusive. Than yeah. he is, but he doesn't, you know, he's not going to break off these 70, 80 yard runs that we've seen those three guys that I just named I don't know, do pretty Joe. consistently. So I, I think it's more about shut down the pass game, shut down James Conner. Kyler can be Kyler. Like he can run for 60 yards for a 20 yard game. But like, I, I think if you shut down Hollywood and Conner, I think you've got a really good shot to win this game by quite a few points. Yeah, I think that I would disagree simply because of the fact that as the head of the snake, if you just go get Kyler, if you do what you did to Joe Burrow and the Bengals a week ago, if you had uh, pass rush from the defensive line up the middle, the key is going to be that Anderson and Grenard, as much as they have been pinning their ears back and going and getting into the backfield, they're going to have to maintain that edge because mm-hmm. he is elusive. And if he gets there, his speed, and even, like I said, after sitting out, his speed last week is elite when he gets going. And that's why I think he's capable of those 70, 80-yard runs. So that's why I think that, you have to really focus and start to go there first and then handle everybody else. Because I think that the, the the secondary can be okay. I think that you're going to get your opportunities to score points on offense. But the ability to slow Kyler down is where it all it starts and ends for me. I don't want to let him do anything because I don't believe in James Conner or in Hollywood Brown being game changers to beat me. Kyler can. Yeah, I think that is another point that I was going to roll with too is, is, is playing – disciplined football for the edge guys like if you do have Kyler Murray and things start to break down you've got to you got to contain him though like you can't just constantly let him have free runs outside the pocket you can't overcommit. and and look I I do feel like they did a you know 
Baltimore is a, is almost like a weird example now because I do feel like they week one. If you go all the way back to that game, they were very specifically and have consistently all year. They're trying to not have Lamar Jackson do the things that Kyler Murray will attempt to do against your defense this weekend. But they have to play sound, disciplined football. Like That's going to be a big one. And, and just co- to continue that, the Texans have played probably their sloppiest, most penalized football all year the last two weeks. That's got to stop. This is a good game to kind of get right, stop with the dumb penalties, Stop with, you know, Will Anderson gets a sack, but there's a pass interference or a defensive holding. I felt like the last two weeks they've made way too many mental mistakes. And and that's what would keep, I think, Arizona in this game is the way the Texans have kind of hurt themselves the last two weeks. They've gotten away with it, but you can't keep getting away with it. Eventually it's going to bite you in the ass. Yeah, no, you're right. I just think that from the standpoint of it's like when we look at this team as a whole, right? We look at the things that you can control. I think D'Amico's going to control the defense. I think D'Amico's a guy... I mean, look, I look at what Baltimore does and what they did and how they go about their business. It's just... It's weird that they could be interchangeable with defensive coordinators. They can be interchangeable with players. But the one thing that stays consistent is they're just a, they're just all over the football field, right? And so I think that's a unique tendency that, that Baltimore has that makes that, that dynamic something that slowed the Texans down in week one. But I think that what we've seen is we've seen this Texans offense mature throughout each week, week mm-hmm. in, week out? Because I think I, I think that's the best way to put it because they made mistakes. They slipped up. We know the Carolina game was bad. We know the Atlanta game could have been better. We know that we saw different things where teams started dropping more guys into coverage and back in the box, back from the box that made things different for CJ. But CJ's probably playing better than he's played all season long. And oh, yeah. it's been a progression where everyone has matured along with him to where we've seen guys we didn't expect to count on coming up big and making plays to where you know that even a Singletary filling in last week is huge. I don't believe Arizona has anything that's going to slow down the Texans' offense, right? Is that fair? I I think that's pretty fair, that if they play the way they have, they should be able to move the ball pretty consistently through the air and on the ground. Now, the bigger thing is the turnovers now, too, right? Because the fumbles were big last week as as well as the one very ill-timed interception Mm -hmm. to where you can't shoot yourself in the foot. You slipped up and lost to Carolina game. You made up for it by beating Cincinnati when we looked at the schedule. But we all, like when you talked about the national people that said it was 10 nothing, everybody picked Cincinnati over the Texans. I would think that just about everybody looking at the schedule at the start of the year chalked this up as a W. Mm-hmm. You can't let this turn into an L. No, you can't. Like this, this, this goes back to the Carolina stuff, like, we've, like you're just mentioning in the, in the Atlanta game, where if you, if you have goals of, of winning your division – and you want to keep everything in your hands and in your destiny and control your own your own path to the playoffs, you got to keep winning so that when it comes to the Jacksonville game in a couple weeks, that when you win that game, if you do, you take the lead in the division. This is one Huge. of those games where you can't let up. Like, you should beat the Arizona Cardinals. They are the inferior football team 100% in this game. They have a quarterback who I still really like. I am still very pro Kyler Murray. I think he is still someone that, like, can work out in the NFL – Frankly, the way that Arizona played with Josh Dobbs, I think that maybe they found a coach that's going to be able to get everything going in the right direction. Like we talk a lot, we've talked a lot about you know in the city about culture. Maybe Jonathan Gannon is going to be the guy that figures out Kyler Murray and gets him on the right path. And maybe it was more of a problem with Cliff Kingsbury than it was Kyler the last couple of years. But that's to be seen. Do you believe that? I do. I think I do. I, I think Gannon was intrigued by what working with Kyler. Yeah. But I don't know if anybody can get home with him. Yeah, we'll find out. It, it's it's like it's going to take a little bit for sure. It's like see how that really plays out. 
But I think if it, if anyone can, it feels like the Cardinals organization is heading in that direction. Because I give them credit. Like they now, I know they can't force Kyler Murray to not play because of the NFL Players Association. Mm-hmm. But they could have found a way of like, look, Kyler, we're going to let you just sit out the rest of the year. We're going to let you choose where you get traded to. We're going to tank out and go for the first or second pick in the draft. And last week when Kyler showed up, you know, they started ruining that. You know, they they had they got they got the the W and they're now out of the first pick and they're going to continue to play Kyler. Don't you, gotta, don't you believe that, that part of it was him saying, "I ain't going anywhere and I'm going to come back and I, I'm not going to agree to anything to not yeah. play because I'm going to make sure you don't try and get the next guy to replace me. Well, and frankly, I think it works both ways. If I'm the Arizona Cardinals, I want to see Kyler Murray play because mm-hmm. you owe him a ton of money. Uh, you're going to have a lot of dead caps, so you I might be better tradable, off. Joe. So that, is he tradable? And I think the only way to make him more tradable is for him to play. Like, yeah. if, like no matter what, like if you want to move on from him, I think he has to be on the field for that to happen. But how would you defend Kyler Murray this weekend? And what is... What are you going to miss more on Sunday? We're talking about Kyler Murray. You're going to miss Perriman. You're going to miss Noah Brown. What do you miss more? We're talking about next year on the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Hey, before we go to the break, tell you about my good friend, Doc Linville. Doc Linville, best in the business at the Neograph Procedure. Neograph Procedure, if you're not familiar with what it is, it's getting your own hair back. It's taking hair where you're never going to lose it, and genetically, you're never going to lose your hair on the sides and the back of your head. And he takes some of that, Doc Linville does, and puts it where you need it most. Maybe it's your hairline in front. Maybe it's that bald spot up on top and back. Regardless of where it is, they're going to get to it. They're going to do it something to it to that the hair comes back, and you're going to love the way it looks. I did it. I couldn't be happier with it. The procedure was painless, and you immediately see the follicles in place, and they're going to start growing, and they're going to get stronger, and they're going to get longer. And they're not going to go anywhere because they're taking them from a place where they're never going to go away and putting them where you need them most. As a listener to ESPN 97.5, right now you're getting a deal because you're not going to have to pay a single thing to have a consultation with Doc Linville's staff to figure out if you're the next in line to get the procedure. You go in, you meet with them, it costs you absolutely nothing. Just go to 975hair.com, set up the appointment. No signing on the dotted line, no cash out of pocket, no commitment. Just you asking questions, them giving you the answers as to what the neograft is and you figuring out if it's right for you. So many of our listeners have signed up for it and talked about it and gone in for the, the consultation and found out what a great procedure it is. Granado's had it done. I've had it done. Cannot stop raving about the results and the fact that it was such an easy process. Doc is the best, I believe, in the business at doing this, and he's ready to do it for you, too. Go to 975hair.com, get the consultation, and see if the neograft is right for you right this holiday season. Check him out today. Go to 975hair.com. Joe George filling in for Jeremy Branham alongside Joel Blank and Brian. It's the Killer Bees here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. The Texans just dropped their injury report. Boy, is it lengthy. Again, a lot of full participants, not a lot of you know questionables or outs. Only, a, you know, the guys that are questionable this weekend, uh, Dylan Horton is questionable. Will Anderson Jr. did not practice today. He hmm. is questionable. I'm going to do my Joe George's. Hmm. Uh, Graylin Arnold is out. Jake Hansen, Henry To'o To'o, Jimmy Ward, and Damian Pierce are all out. Obviously, Denzel Perriman is out from the suspension. And then Noah Brown, who has not practiced all week, he is questionable. That's not good. That's now, the one that concerns me. Because, I, I mean, yeah. I, I'm a little I'm a little Nico puzzled. fully healthy, by the way. That's good. I'm a little puzzled by Pierce, but then again, I'm not. Like, because of the way Singletary played last week, they're not in any rush to bring him back. Because it's going to be a – it could be a little bit of a dicey proposition – basically trying to break it to a guy who was your workhorse and best offensive player a year ago that you might not be in the mix. 
No, I, I would tend to agree. Like, it, we'll see what happens. I, I'm not worried that he's out again. But, look, this is a guy who missed time last year. And, you know, maybe there's something to why he got a limited amount of carries at Florida because it's not like he had a full-on workload like we've seen other guys. But, so Noah Brown's an interesting one with this game because, you know, last week Steven Nelson didn't practice at all mm-hmm. and he was questionable. And it seemed very clear he was not going to play because typically if you don't practice during the week, most of these guys don't play. And all of a sudden, he suited up, and, and he played last week. Uh-huh. So I'm not totally convinced that Noah Brown won't play this weekend. I do feel like it'll be a limited capacity. Steven Nelson was on a snap count. And, and what the, is it, ankle? Um, I believe so. Here's my thing. You and I talked about this yesterday. If you're Noah Brown, you're hell-bent on playing because you're rolling right now. You are straight fire. You have put together back-to-back knee? weeks. If he, if he, it's one thing to say he's unable to play, but it's another thing where you have never had games like this before in your career back to back. You had your greatest output in a single game ever, and now you're looking for three in a row against a less than opponent. I would think whether you get paid here or somewhere else for your resume, for the team, for everything, especially with the receivers being dinged up, he should be out there. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I tend to agree, but I'm also not, if he doesn't play, I'm not concerned, at least on the offensive side of the ball, because, you know, Nico Collins, Robert Woods, Tank Dell, Noah Brown, a little bit of Mechie sprinkled in, Xavier Hutchinson on the gadget plays. Like, I think it's been pretty clear that with Dalton Schultz, a merger as well, that you're okay, because, you know, they've missed Robert Woods, they've missed Nico, and, and they'll probably miss Noah Brown this weekend, and the offense just keeps moving. Like, they just keep moving and grooving and having no problems with when these guys, when they're out, which is surprising. Tank Dell, they were fine when he was out. Mm-hmm. So, it's I don't think it's the end of the world if Noah Brown doesn't play. I do think that my, my concern uh, of the injuries slash because of the suspension, not having Toto and not having Perriman against a, running, a quarterback like Kyler Murray, that's concerning. Because while Perriman, we know, is terrible, in pass coverage, he's really good against the run. Now, I'll give you Perryman because he does, he is all over the place. Yeah. And he, obviously, short of what happened with the suspension, he can bring the wood. I mean, he hits you, and, and he's all over. Toto is okay to me because, to me, inter- he's interchangeable with Christian Harris. When Harris has been bad, he's been good and vice versa. And Harris was pretty decent last week, and it limited the amount of snaps that Toto saw. So if he's not going to play, as long as Christian Harris is going to play like he played last week, I'm okay with that one. But Perryman, I think, is a significant loss. Yeah, it's more about for, for Toto. It's more about the, the depth at the position. Sure. You know, Hanson, a linebacker as well, will be out this weekend. So it's just you're having three linebackers going into this game. Like That is, you are light at that position and we just we know the way the Texan season has played out. It feels like when they're light somewhere, the injuries continue. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, they've done a good job without Jimmy Ward. But Jimmy Ward is someone who I would like to have on the field specifically for this game. I wish he was going to be out there. Because playing against Kyler Murray twice a year, mm. he has that experience from San Francisco. Not yeah. just D'Amico, but, like, he's been on the field a lot in his in the last couple of years versus Kyler Murray. So I think not having him there, not having that guy just in the back of the defense that knows maybe some of Kyler's tendencies, and it just it's it's disappointing not having him. None of it is the end of the world because frankly, it's it's just going to be all about the offense anyways. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that you know if we just go like tail of the tape, I just think that there's so much more potential and so much more talent on the offense for the Texans than there is for Arizona defense. I think the Texans are more talented 
than the, the, the Cardinals defense. Special teams, I haven't I can't say I took a deep dive into the Cardinals special teams, but even with a backup kicker, their special teams because their punter is really good, I, I think they're just fine. So I think that if you look at it and say, even if the defenses are comparable, and I'm not saying that they are, there's a massive advantage on the offensive side of the football. If they don't have another Carolina game, God forbid, because that's something where you see a team that could actually let up a little bit, and that's what you don't want. But as long as you don't see that, I would assume that that's where the biggest advantage is, and that's where either team is looking at, well, if I'm going to beat the Texans, I'm going to have to harness that offense. And if you're the Texans, if I'm going to beat the Cardinals, I have to beat Kyler Murray. Yeah, it's funny, like, thinking about the Texans now, I think going into the season, we all would have assumed that, like, if there was this incredible rookie, clearly defense, like, clearly the rookie of the year, we all would have said Will Anderson. And that D'Amico Ryans figured out the defense. He got Derek Seeley turned around. Everything's working great. And they're winning games 20 to 17, 17 to 10. Like, it's a defensive war most of the season. Now I look at the Texans and I'm like, can you keep up with CJ Stroud? It is still like, it is still hard to grasp that this team, like, I believe that they can go out there and drop, you know, 25 plus any given week, and it's really going to be up to the other team to score that same amount of points. It's really still bizarre. But when you look at Kyler Murray, just like a general philosophy question, just curious, Mm -hmm. are you very pro, like, QB spy? One guy has to be on Kyler at all times? Or is that more like when he starts to kill you on the ground, you just better adjust? So the way I look at it is, is the fact that with Collins and Rankins inside, I think that that's a pretty good wall to kind of slow down any between-the-tackles running. And I think that, again, Perryman would help, but they they have such a young athletic front seven that I believe that they can cover enough ground. And that's why I said Grenard and Anderson have to change their philosophies a little bit. It's not about getting in the backfield and sacking him. It's making sure he stays in the backfield and doesn't crush them with his legs. So I think that that's where it starts. You know, you, you maintain the edge, and those two guys – have to bend but not go completely overcommit to the inside, getting to the quarterback. And, and then you just trust your secondary because I believe he's going to throw some balls up that are going to be up for grabs that you're going to go get. Yeah, he's going to give you some opportunities. Yeah, I don't think that he's going to go through progressions and look for, you know, he's not one of those guys that's a surgeon that's going to pick you apart. So I think if you play the defense from that philo- philosophical way, looking at Kyler Murray, that's the best way to go about it. You have enough talent with youth and athleticism to kind of maintain him in the pocket from the, the, the middle, it's just Grenard and, and Anderson have to keep him from getting to the outside. Uh, Texans win this weekend, do you believe? Yeah, I, I'm not, I don't know that I like four and a half. I think they, I think they win. I think it's closer than a lot of people think. I think it might be a field goal. So I changed the uh, BC money lines from when you saw them first when you are referencing that four and a half. Because when I pulled up ESPN, it moved to six. Yeah, see, I, I don't even so, like four and a half. Yeah. Uh, w- real quick here, 7169. Is the hope for the Texans organization higher now than it was in the first half of the KC playoff game? That was 409, Josh. Josh, I'm going to change your question a little bit because the Chiefs scored 28 points in the second quarter. So I'm just going to say the first quarter of that game when it was 21 nothing. So it's 21 nothing versus the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs. Deshaun Watson's your quarterback. Is the hope higher now? Or than it was when the clock hit zero the first quarter of that playoff game? I'm going to say for the long term, I never thought that the Texans had one of the best teams in the NFL, no matter what. I was simply shocked when I saw the first quarter of the Kansas City game. 
I believe now because I never believed in Bill O'Brien. That's the answer. It, it, because I believe in D'Amico, and I believe in CJ, and I believe in what they're building with the roster, I have more more now than I did back then. A hundred percent. That's I think that is the that's why that I don't think that answer is debatable. Bill O'Brien. I think that's all you have to yeah. say. Bill O'Brien was the head coach of the Houston Texans, even though and general manager. Like I think that's pre general manager. Because uh, mm, he traded Hopkins in the offseason. So I think I think he took over as the GM in the summer of 2019. Or it was an interim. I can't remember when they fired that guy. Because remember, he wanted Rick out. And yeah. even after hard knocks and everything. Oh, could... yeah. They fired the guy from the Bills mil- midseason. I remember that. I filled in for BMAC that day. You were on vacation at the other place. Uh, I thought it was actually in the summer that they oh, fired him. Oh, maybe it was. I don't remember. Yeah. I think. Oh, yeah. They fired Brian, him right Brian after Brian the playoffs. Yeah, they fired him like in June. Yeah, they fired him like, I think, like pretty Wait, after. Wait, here's so, the stories about what really went down there. Bill it's O'Brien. not great. Bill O'Brien, dirty. Yeah, I think it's pretty easy. The answer to that is how the Texans are now. One nine eight four. That's not a mean text. Stop texting us. I'm gonna block you. He just that, keeps texting us. The Branham us saying, one. Branham eats corn the long way. I know what that means. I'm still gonna read it on air. Let's <laughs> say so you just said it on air. I mean, yeah, <laughs> but stop. That's a Branham in itself. I'm not gonna read that. But like. He's texted us like five times. I don't need you guys are joined at the hip. All right, BZ Money. We've been doing really good this year. Now, Branham has been a solid part of that. There's no denying. He has been... You know, Branalytics. Brand, the Branalytics have been strong. You know, he very much like is He's his team an, anti-Joe with my picks. He likes to try to put me in my place. And yet you still stay aligned with him. I don't, I'll never understand it. Meh. Um, but can we keep it going? BMAC will step in for Jeremy this week. Can we keep it rolling? BZ Money next here on the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Sign for BZ Money here on the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Joe George filling in for Jeremy Branham alongside Joel Blank, Brian McDonald. So last week, BZ Money. Where'd Tell they me. Go? Where'd they go? Where'd they go? Okay. We went 3-2-1 last week plus $110. Who lost? Uh, I don't. I forgot that. I think you and I lost. Really? What? We each lost a game, and then one of us pushed. I think you pushed a game actually, and then Jeremy and I lost the game. Okay, is what it was. So with three, two, and one last week, that brings us to twenty-eight, seventeen, and one on the season, plus one hundred and ten dollars of David Gow's fake money, real money, uh, on the season, plus our last week, plus thirteen thirty on the season. We are crushing it. We crushing very, it, Brian. Crushing it. All right, so is you that, guys is that to add pressure onto me? No, it's because you made a face that the first time we mentioned our. I mean, you know that's not why I made the face about how we <laughs> how we call why, games. It's not why the face Friday. It's speak the truth. It Friday. Could be. Um, all right, busy money. I will let Captain Blankers. Yeah, otherwise, you start mixing up the order just because you think you've got clout when you start hosting shows. Well, I couldn't remember the order for a second. It's always me first. I know, but then I think it goes to Brian and then to me. However you want to do it, you're leading the show. All right, you're first. Okay. Easy one for me. Whether the Cardinals have Kyler Murray back or not, I actually think the Cardinals, if they played the Carolina Panthers, would win the football game. I think Carolina's that bad. And I think they're going to continue to be that bad this week. And I think you got a Cowboys team that's been getting hot. And Dak has been playing really, really well. And C.D. Lamb is no longer bitching about not getting the football. And, they're, yeah, their running game is a little suspect. It ain't gonna have, you're not going to have to worry about a whole lot against the Carolina Panthers. I, the, the spread is 10.5. I think the Cowboys could win by 13 to 17 to 21 points. They obliterated the Giants. That they're good with beating bad teams, and I think the Cowboys will cover the 10.5. You know, if this was last season or the season before, I'd be against you because the Cowboys had been you know, playing down to their competition. But right now, they're they're playing really good football. Like, Dak is, 
You know, I know like Marcus Spears is going on ESPN and saying that, you know, Dak is the best quarterback in the NFL. I think he's definitely playing. Maybe he's maybe he's at least top two in the NFC. Um, I, I'm with you on this one. I, I like the Cowboys minus ten and a half. I don't love the number because it's so big, so I would prefer like a 25. But, Brian, you want to convince us otherwise? No, I'm, I'm leaning with Joel. I mean, when when the when the, the Cowboys are playing uh, bad teams that they should beat, they're not only beating them, they're crushing them. I mean, first week of the season, they went 40 nothing over the Giants. Uh-huh. They went by 20 over the Jets. Uh, their last game, they won by, what, uh, 32 over... Over the Giants, I mean, they're not—they're not just cruising or coasting by these bad teams. They're taking their souls. So I don't think this line's big enough. I would go ahead and uh, and lean on the Dallas Cowboys side. All right, we're going Cowboys. How big boys? Joel, you started it. It's your pick, so you offer the dollar. Thirty-five. Thirty-five. Sold. There you go, Brian. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Okay, you're up next. Oh, okay. I'm up next. All right. Cool. Uh, my first game that I'm going to go to, I actually changed it uh, because I wanted to choose violence against Joe today. Uh, and, and maybe not, align myself with the former fans. producer of uh, this fine radio program. I'm going to take the Lions minus seven and a half against the Bears. Uh, look, I know Justin Fields is back, but the Lions are at home, and the Lions are a completely different football team at home. I know they're still a pretty good team on the road, but when you look at what they've done uh, in their five or their four home games, the smallest margin of victory they've had is six. The other three games they've won by 14, 18, and 12. I, I don't think the Bears. Even with Justin Fields back and hang with uh, the Lions in Detroit, so I'll take Lions minus seven and a half. You know how I feel about this. I do not participate in this because I will not pick against the Bears. I thought you had renounced your yeah, fandom. You, yeah, you already divorced them. You broke up with them, and then you just couldn't stop thinking about them. So then, even as much as you're wearing a Texans hat, you were drawn back in, and then now you're all the way fully back to this. I just, I won't do it. You can do better, Joe. Walk away. I. It's just like the high school sweetheart you can't get rid of. <laughs> And I might cheat on my wife. No, just kidding. I would never do that. Uh, but my wife is the Texans, and my high school sweetheart is the Bears. So I won't pick against the Bears. So, Joel, I'll let you call it. I want your insight. Do you think that it's legit? that the- I Because look, they're going to play desperate. Justin Fields, Matt Eberflus, Luke Getze, they're all fighting for their jobs. Yep. Khalil Herbert's back as well. I, To me, it's a no play because... Those guys, like they, this, is this is like win or go home. Like I think if Justin Fields is terrible in this game, and Matty Eberflus, if they get blown out by the Lions, I think there's a really good chance we wake up on Monday and he's not the head coach of the Bears. So for that reason, I think they're going to play desperate. So I'm a, so I'm a pass. The reason is the Bears want it more. I think they're desperate. I mean, the Lions that need to keep, obviously keep plays, and, and they're they're in a playoff. Fight. I know, but like I think they're desperate. They're at home. They have got the better defense. They got the better offense. I'm, I said no. I don't All like right. BMAC. I don't like the half point. But I, yeah, I the half like, point is yeah, a little I do worse. like the Lions, so I don't want to go overboard, but I'll do 25 on the Lions. Okay, right? I'm good with that. All right, All right my first game. Uh, I went with the 49ers last week, going to keep it rolling. I think they're definitely the best team in the NFC. Um, and the way Brock Purdy played, they're getting healthy. I think they're really impressive. It was nice to see Young and Bosa on the field together. They were doing some damage. I just think the Bucks. we overhyped them early on. They don't play good against good teams. I think this is a big number. But I, I like the 49ers minus 12 to cover that and just smash Tampa Bay this weekend. Do you? Yeah. I think it's a very big number. Do we know, is Debo playing? TB, I, I, I don't know yet. 
Okay. If Debo is out, then I would definitely not take the minus 12. Even even the minus 12 with Debo feels... I mean, the Tampa Bay's not awful Yeah, Baker team. and Mike Evans They're have gotten it team. going, and they've had a running game with White. I don't like the 12. I I, I, wanted to, I want to stay away from this game just on, on first glance, but BMAC, I'll leave it up to you. I I, I shied at... Yeah, I would lean that way. I would stay away. The minus, if I knew... If I knew Debo was for sure playing and they they had all their weapons available, I might be able to be talked in the minus twelve. But I just I don't know. Tampa's Tampa's got a pretty decent defense and not well not passing defense. We saw what the CJ Stroud did did to him. But the the Forty ers want to run. I, I just don't see I just don't see that game as a twelve point game. All right, well, I'll start writing my one thousand word tweet about not liking my picks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's a pass. Toxic work environment. That's fine. I'm uh, I'm going to lean the anti-soft is the stay puffed Joe George radio man. All right. Who we got next? That's why I'm going into that introduction because I'm not afraid hundo. to go against the Packers. Give me a hundo. I'm not one. afraid to tell you that I've, what I've told you all year long, which is I don't believe in love. And all you need is love to play to bet against the Green Bay Packers. Great the joke. The Chargers only having to give three at Lambeau. And they are in the playoff race. They have a ton of offensive weapons. And they're going against Jordan Love. Mean I say it again? I think the Packers are kind of on the sly trying to get one of those two quarterbacks at the top of the draft. I see the Chargers covering three easy at Lambeau. BMAC, your thoughts? Maybe this is speaking from the bias of having lots of Chargers on my fantasy team, but it feels like the Chargers in these spots always perform under your expectation. I tend to agree. Yeah. I, I, minus three is small enough that I'll go with Joel on this, but I have I have concerns. I don't I don't think the char- the Chargers smash here. I think they probably get the win, but it's going to be close. My first like reaction when I saw this line, I checked the weather report right away. I thought maybe like there was going to be a bunch yet. of snow, but it's still going to be 40s, 50s this weekend. So I, I was surprised by that. I'm with you. I'm all in on the Chargers. I'll go as a high as a hundred on this game. Jeremy Branham's not here, so Ooh, let's get a little no, reckless. I, I can't, I can't side with you on hundred. I said I'll go as high as a hundred. Doesn't mean we have to. So Joel, how What's, high do you want to go? Well, I went thirty-five on the last one. I'll go thirty-five on this. One. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. BMAC, your next game. Uh, I, I'll keep this one short. Uh, the Commanders are playing something called Tommy DeVito. Danny. Danny, Danny DeVito. DeVito's, I yeah. don't know who the hell that is, but uh, Commanders doesn't matter what the line is. It happens to be eight and a half. They're at home. Uh, Sam Howell's leading the damn league in passing yards. He's fine. Uh, yeah, they've got they've got you know pretty good wide receivers with Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson. Does worry me a little bit that Antonio Gibson's going to miss this game, uh, but I'll take the Commanders minus eight and a half because I don't think the Giants can score. How do you feel about the eight and a half, Joseph? Because that's the thing that bothers me. I know, but like, I, I think Brian's right. I mean, the Giants the got Giants their doors score? blown off by the Cowboys, and Danny DeVito's kid looked terrible. I, honestly, I, th- I think that the Giants, to win this game or keep this game within the spread, are going to need at least one defensive touchdown. Yeah, how do they score? Exactly. I'm, all, I'm good with the Commanders. Pass to the house? I think with the Commanders, is like they're still Washington. It's still Sam Howell, so the numbers are great. Their so coaching staff the same, too. I'm, I'm a 30. I, I go fine. 30 bucks on the that's commies. Fine. I can do that. All right, my last game, the team that makes no sense. They are 6-3 and three in all nine games. The Pittsburgh Steelers have been outgained in yardage. But P.J., nope, Dorian Thompson-Robinson is going to be the starting quarterback for the Browns. I'm all about the Steelers plus one and a half. This oh, yeah. Now, I think this is, a, this is a small bet because it's still the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's still Kenny Pickett, Mr. Two Gloves. 
But I think they win this game because they just keep finding a way. It makes no sense. There's no logic, but they keep finding a way. And I just, I don't think the Browns can score. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers win this game like 12 to 9, the cover. So you're right that, you know, and I've been big on sacking Kenny Two Gloves and saying he's, I don't know how the hell he's doing what he's doing because he's terrible. The only thing is, is that he's better than DTR because DTR, just on lack of experience alone, is probably going to make some mistakes, and he doesn't look like he's ready for primetime yet. The problem is, is you're in Cleveland, where the fans are going to is a great home field advantage, and their defense is really damn good. To where, like you said, with the last game, there's a good chance the Browns could score on defense. They did last week when yeah. they came back against the Ravens. That's the only thing that scares me. I looked at this and immediately thought DTR versus Kenny Pickett. I'll take the Steelers all day, every day against the Browns. But I just think that Kenny Pickett's capable of coughing it up, too. So I'll go with the Steelers. I just don't want to go big. Okay. Yeah, I I would go with the Steelers, too. Especially with it being minus one and a half, to me, it's essentially a pick them. I mean, mean, if if they're going to win the game, they're going to cover one and a half. So uh, I can't pick pick in the Browns' favor. Uh, You know, backup running back, backup quarterback. I I just can't pick with the Browns right now. All right, smallest we go is 20. I think that's very clear where we should head with this one because none of us feel great. I'm not losing $30, $40 on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Of our of Mr. Gow's money, so, 25. so twenty five on the Steelers. So we've got the Steelers minus one and a half, the Cowboys minus ten and a half, the Lions minus seven and a half, the Chargers minus three, and the Commies minus eight and a half. No dogs this week. Interesting. That's okay. All right, that does it for BZ Money. Hopefully, we've given you some winners. Hopefully, you listen to get them because I'm not going to make a graphic for those of you asking. Um, the NFL last night showed its hypocrisy. Brendan would have. I'm busy. Uh, the NFL showed its hypocrisy last <laughs> night, but Joe Burrow's also out for the season. So I'm I'm mad about last night, and I've got a lot to say. We'll do that next here on the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Joe George and Joel Blank here on the Killer Bees today till 6 o'clock. Brian behind the glass. We'll have Jeremy Brandon reunited with us on Monday. Next week, we'll have shows on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. We'll be off Thursday and Friday for Thanksgiving. Hopefully, you and your family enjoy. We had our first... Little Thanksgiving, all of us today at the company had some turkey, mm-hmm. no gravy. Disappointed. <laughs> you pulled that. I mean, I mean, you could have made some gravy. I brought pie. Yeah, you mailed yeah, it in. Walmart. You went to Walmart and bought it and brought it in. I said, Miss Esme, what do you need? She said, Pie. <laughs> I brought pie, and then there was a bunch of pie because other people got the same message. I think because I think everyone that doesn't want to cook just buys a pie from the store and brings also it. Also, people like me who can't cook. I I can't cook. I have no problem saying that. My wife's like, what should we make for Thanksgiving? I don't know. What can you make? Because I can't do anything. I have no interest. You can you, make nothing? Do you host Thanksgiving? No. Oh, because most of your family's out of town, right? Well, yeah, because mo- most of my family is, like, deceased. Well, that was depressing. I didn't know that. I mean, it's just it is what it is. Bring yeah. down the room. And Lisa's Joel. whole family is in California. That's right. And so, plus, Lisa's vegan, so she always, we, we always make That's a... That's tough on Thanksgiving. No, we always make a turkey, either a turkey breast or a smaller, t- for me. Yeah. But that she she even makes, like, vegan mashed potatoes, and That's she's okay. got the whole thing going for the sides, because she loves the sides. She just does them her way, and they really don't taste bad, but, yeah, we just do it at the house. That makes sense. Yeah, we're going to my parents' house this year. I'm like, I don't... We just, just, moved, just moved into a house. I think we're going to host Christmas. I don't want to host Thanksgiving. We're just not ready yet. We still got stuff to put in. We need a new couch. Well, you got both families here, too. Cause, yeah. So that would be a massive undertaking. Yeah. So we're going to do Christmas because only half the family does Christmas. Plus, you'd have to have space for everybody. Yeah. And we have plenty. 
but like, shut up. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, I was just saying. I mean, you can host now as long as your uh, house isn't still flooded. It's not. It's not That's flooded good. anymore. We did okay. the mold. We did a mold test in my son's room. We're finally going to kick him out of our room and put him back in his own room. So my wife made us do a mold test, which you is the probably... mold test in your underwear drawer. No, I don't need to do that. That's a weird question to ask. Well, I right. mean, it's coming off the Patrick Mahomes story. What? You didn't hear that? Oh, he wears the same underwear every week. Yeah. Plus, he said when they win, he doesn't wash them. Yikes! I didn't hear that part. Yeah. He's that's... got lucky draws. Yeah. yeah that's the wife gross. bought him, yeah. and the wife is just, just a totally different story all in herself. But I guess evidently she bought him for him way back when, and he's a, he doesn't wear them in the game. Okay. But he wears them to every game. Okay. And then obviously after every game, and he only washes them. If and he they only lose. washes them if they lose, is what he says. They don't don't get washed very often. Yeah, because they they win what thirteen, fourteen <laughs> yeah. games every Coming year. Coming off the Super Bowl when they win it, do they just stay dormant until the next time? I mean, if you can't. win the Super Bowl, I you think you're going to be out a couple out. months. You might as well wash them. You probably got to throw them out if you're going to wait. Why they smell like wins? Smell like success. They might feel like win. Five months of or winds with a D because they're holy. Let's see All what right. you did there. We're yeah. moving on. So last night, Joe Burrow we get left the game. The joke on that one. That was pretty good. Uh, that was pretty good. Yeah, I'll give it like a six, seven. Yeah, that's pretty good for you. Move on. Well, like, what's a ten? Oh, you're looking at it. Go ahead. Joe Burrow left the game last night. He is out for the season. There is these this video that's obviously everyone's seen where Joe Burrow tries to throw football on the sidelines, Oof. and he, he can barely do anything with it. There's obviously the play on the field where he like is just grabbing his wrist in a ton of pain. But Joe Burrow was not in the injury report. Like We both picked the Bengals to win yesterday. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we would have not have done that if the Bengals were telling the truth, and they did not. And this is a big topic that's going on around right now. And the main reason why is because, and my biggest issue with it, is that the NFL constantly wants to talk about, like, integrity. It's one of their favorite words. When they suspended Jamison Williams for betting on another sport, but in the Lions facility, they talk about integrity. With Calvin Ridley making parlays that included the Atlanta Falcons, suspended him for a year, they talk about integrity. They talk about integrity with deflated footballs and Spygate and all that stuff. But they've gone all in on sports gambling. And then they have a team in which the best player on that team can barely throw a football, shows up to the stadium in a wrist brace, and no one knows anything about it. It's not public knowledge. They're hiding it. But you are promoting and talking about gambling all the time and integrity. And then you do last night. It is hypocritical. And the fact that Zach Taylor said today that the NFL still has not contacted him is a joke. You cannot be all in on sports gambling, and you should not be punishing your players if you're not going to punish your teams. And I don't know if this is extreme, but if a player gets six games for betting on their own team or a season for betting their own team, and you're going to, and you're going to do this as a team, you should lose draft picks. Like, you want to talk about integrity? The players need to be held to the same level of standards as the medical staff and the organizations. A player should not be able to get a game or a season for betting on games, but you are going to hide injuries from the betting public and then pretend like it's no big deal and forget about it. This is significant. It's one thing a couple years ago, we won't even have to go that far back, to say that this was an everyday, every week thing with Bill Belichick. This was gamesmanship. Mm-hmm. This was what teams did all the time because they didn't want the team that they were preparing for, that was preparing for them, to have 
too much information and they wanted to catch them off guard and they wouldn't didn't want them to prepare for the backup so that maybe they could catch them. This is totally different because now you've basically joined the other side. You've jumped over exactly. to the dark side. And when you jump over to the dark side, it's not gamesmanship anymore. It's about money and it's about livelihood and it's about a business. And it's going to affect a whole lot more people than just the other team and their coaching staff. It's going to affect a lot of people that are depending on the results of these games or are betting on the results of these games or trying to make money off the results of these games. There's going to be a lot more at stake literally because of who is participating, not just the two teams and their coaching staff. So this is where they have to understand it's your bed. You decided to roll in all the cash that was left in it. Now you got to lie in it and decide for yourself one time and one time only that there has to be transparency, that this isn't a game anymore. This is a business. And when you do this, it has to be real. You have to be accurate. And the biggest thing is, which is going to be very tough, you have to be honest. Yeah, but it's not because this is where the NFL just has to, like, you you have to hold these people to a standard. Like, they let the Patriots and the Buccaneers, I don't want to just put it all on the Pats, get away with this with Tom Brady. They let, you know... This isn't the first quarterback or injury to happen this year where they've said they've Trevor Lawrence, his knee, it's been hurt since week eight. Mike Fleur had a story on that, that they've just been ignoring it and not putting him on the injury report and hasn't been there since week eight. It's a problem. Like, you cannot be in bed with gambling and then allow things like this to happen. And there's now two examples of it this season where it is a major, major problem and they need to address it. This one's a little bit different because he could have been on the injury report the whole time. But I will go back to B. John Robinson. B. John Robinson had a headache, he had the flu or whatever, and he got two touches on a Sunday. Now, they don't do an injury report on game day. They have to. They have to change the way. Mm -hmm. You can't be this organization that in 2015, I worked down the hall on Yahoo Sports Radio when it was still that called that, and we had a trip basically the entire station, to go to Las Vegas and cover the Tony Romo football fantasy football event that the NFL canceled because it was going to break the integrity of the game. I hate that word because they're hypocrites. Like, this is a huge problem, and, like, they're just going to pretend like it didn't happen. I, I, I would say even – I agree with you they they need to have a game day injury report, but even saying that is giving – Arthur Smith a pass because Bijan in his in his media availability after that game that you mentioned, Joe, talked about how he was feeling better today than he did oh, yesterday. True. So the idea that the Falcons had no idea what was going on with Bijan is complete nonsense. And if this had been what would seem like an isolated incident with what happened with Joe Burrow last night, I'd be willing to kind of like, okay, it's an isolated incident. There's Maybe it's a rush to judgment to to talk about finding teams' draft picks off of one incident. But as you laid out with Trevor Lawrence, with Bijan, this is an across-the-league issue that has to be nipped in the bud now. Well, and you have to drop the hammer, too. You can't just come out lightly with, with like, the slap on the wrist because of the significance and the different levels this is going to affect. This is not just the league internally. This is the external gambling world. This is a lot of crooked people that that rely on these kind of games. There's going to be a lot of significance in the fact that you have to drop the hammer immediately. And I, I go back to what I said, too. And teams, as much as they haven't been used to this, they have to be honest. You guys are both right. They have to set up another injury report for day of. 
because it has to be right up to the minute. It has to be taken like the NBA would do it, where it's right up to game time, but we have to announce before game time Mm -hmm. who's active, who's not, and what the situation is. And this was well before the NBA got into bed with gambling. And and that's why, like, like they just, they have to address this. Like, frankly, they need to put, I think it should be draft picks, and I think these teams should be on the hook. This might be an unpopular take in in this city, and I'm fine with that, but frankly, the Houston Astros should have had to pay back all of the money that people lost betting against the Astros in 2017 because they were cheating. Not just the game, but they were cheating people who work normal jobs and were betting on the Astros, but they were banging trash cans. Now, same goes for the Dodgers. Same thing with the Patriots if you go back then. But, like, you have to follow the rules if you're going to have— The Texans have a gambling partnership. If the Astros get five hits on a Sunday, you get to drive to Louisiana and get a free $10 bet. Like, you can't be promoting this stuff and be doing all of this and then have a player who can't grip a football— not be not, like you can't like let us not be aware of it. It's insanity. It, it really is, and they got to own it because there's video proof. There's no matter what kind of alibis you're going to try and make about oh no 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 he, he he fell on it early in the game and that will cause it. He walked in with a bowling brace on. Yeah. He walked in with looking like something was already wrong. You know what? You don't do the things that he did and show you what he's wearing on the said wrist, and then all of a sudden that said wrist is at the center of the and the focal point for why he can't play and now he's out for the year and tell me that it happened during that game. We can continue this a little bit on the other side. We'll talk some Astros as well. I would be, look, Jeremy's not here, so I got to do something for Jeremy in this moment, okay, Joel? Oh the Joe Jinx is real. He brought it up. I called the Astros in five. They lost. Uh, there's been other incidents, the Bears, I guess we could call it, but he is accused there of being a Joe Jinx and I put the Bengals in the Super Bowl. So watch out, 49ers. You might be next. It's the Killer Bees here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5.